a man growing up with a cane pole in his hand. Like a fool to dream sitting down by the street that leads him to the corpus bay. Give him a shotgun to please his mind. Give them well a few reasons to fly. Living in the city just ain't for me. I wanna go back to the country. Take me to Texas. I wanna go down that open road. Take me to Texas. I wanna see how far this country goes. Take me to Texas. I wanna go down that open road. Take me to Texas. I wanna see how far this country goes. Fill up your coffee cup, put the dog on the porch, and turn up your radio. This is the Outdoor Zone with TJ and Cody Ryan, live from the bunkhouse. Alright. Welcome, it is the Outdoor Zone. I'm having... Uh, internet difficulties on my end uh and i was gonna switch internet but it's probably not the smartest thing to do as you're opening up the show i don't know ty can you hear me all right uh i'm hoping but uh welcome it is the outdoor zone we are live in the bunkhouse let me rephrase that i'm live in the bunkhouse ty's over there twisting wires Making this thing come through the airwaves of the worldwide airwaves. Um, Teach is in Mexico. Don't know where he is. He just went to Mexico. And uh, Beefsteak, yeah, he uh, his knee. He's, he's like down a leg. So. Needless to say, you're all very, very lucky to have Cody Ryan sitting in with you this morning as we kick off the outdoor zone. Uh, yes, it's just an old pin shed in the back of the ranch, but we do call it home every Sunday morning. So one of us will call it home every Sunday morning. This morning this happens to be the responsible one. They say I don't hold this thing together. I joke with, you know, Beefsteak and TJ that, you know, I mean, this thing is held together by me holding this whole thing together. And yet again, it proves that I'm right. You know, I can't help it. Something else that's right, McBride's guns. With the way society is pounding on our rights to own guns, it's imperative. We support our local gun shops, folks, ladies, gentlemen boys and girls there is no greater time to make sure that you are well situated in the firearm department than it is right now the one we trust with our constitutional rights it's mcbride's guns you know they're family owned and operated local full service firearm dealer you'll find the McBride's in the same place it's been for years, the corner of 30th and Lamar. You can give them a call, 
3532 or online at McBrideGuns.com because McBride Guns, they're our hometown gun shop. And I am very honored to have McBrides uh, as part of the outdoor zone each and every week. And, and they have been for years. And uh, it's a huge honor for staple in the outdoor industry in Central Texas. And, uh, and it's just a huge honor to have them on board. Uh, oh man, looking back on the week, it looks like, uh, man, I can't believe, uh, all that got accomplished this week and all the places, uh, that I was, was a whirlwind to say the least did, uh, did finally get some deer processed which was, I mean, you know, seven months behind. So my father-in-law, myself, and my dad all live within, you know, a reasonable distance from each other, not far from each other. And we had the brilliant idea that this year we were going to have like a little gathering, a hangout, and uh and make our own and process our own deer and you know early in the year the the processing was going to be like we're going to have we'll do like breakfast sausage and link sausage and we'll have this uh you know processing party basically shoot a deer we'll have it all cut up and and frozen and uh and then we'll all get together one afternoon and you know, make all this great table fare for our families out of these deer we harvested. Well, it, uh, you know, ends up that we all had these frozen deer. Uh, I had two deer. Uh, TJ had a deer and, and my brother-in-law had a deer in the freezer. Well, we all ran out of ground meat too. And we wouldn't let our wives buy any ground meat. And, uh, so we eventually all ran out of ground meat and we just ended up grinding it and making these you know, hamburger rounds of hamburger. Um, but we finally did it this week and we're laughing. We're like, we're already looking forward to season. I mean, we're what, two months away from bow season kicking in here in the state of Texas anyway. And, uh, I mean, less than that, and I guess, uh, I mean, elk season and in some areas is, I mean, just weeks away, August, September. Yeah. Yeah. So it's coming up fast and we finally got some of our deer processed from last year. So, uh, it's, it is good to have the freezer, have some, uh, more edible fare in the freezer. You know, I mean, not that we didn't have anything left in the freezer, but, uh, you know, we, I had a lot of bags of deboned deer meat chunks that you really can't do anything with until you do something with, I mean, what do you do with a bag full of, you know, just chunks of deer meat that had been, dealt with so it was really really good to get that get that done i was excited to uh to have that 
have that done and and uh, fill the freezer full back up with some ground meat. We took a little brisket. What we did, we chopped up the cubes, uh, cubes of deer meat, and then each had a brisket that we chopped up in cubes and would slide a little piece of brisket fat in there uh, with that deer meat every so often. And we'll see how it is. I hadn't tested it out yet. I'm sure it's fantastico, as they would say, um, you know, in all those fancy restaurants. But uh, I'm sure it's good eats, and I can't wait to uh, really, really get out there and and uh, some of that ground meat and make sure that we did it right. I, I, I can't see how you could do it wrong. Everything was perfect. So my father-in-law had the setup. He had tables set up. He had the grind, gr- grinder set up. Uh, the only the only thing that was wrong with it was he was sweating into my ground meat when we were grinding it. Oh, you whiner! If that's the last thing, as you were, I don't even want to talk. I mean, you should have seen some of the chunks of meat TJ <laughs> threw in there with like uh, lymph nodes and stuff from the deer neck. Um, that's, That's gonna be tasty. Flavoring. Yeah. You'll, hey, you'll learn as this you is, go along. You'll learn as you go along. So uh speaking of, TJ has made it uh all the way from Mexico. You have made it uh to so, call yeah. in and grace us with your presence this morning. Good morning. Well, and where and how are you calling in? I guess you're calling in because I don't see you on the Zoom. No, I'm on my cell phone, and I'm standing here with Rick McGee in, on the Mexico side of the Rio Grande River, looking over to the American side, watching the sunrise over the Rio Grande River, the sun rising over America, nonetheless. People walking across the river on both sides of us, by the dozens. No, I'm kidding. Nobody's crossing the river right here. But uh, oh, we, uh, we're we just coming off a, a dove hunt here, an August dove hunt. And uh, the best night here, the best evening hunt here, We uh, the group killed 1,400 dove. So we're ready to come back. Rick McGee's got his old Virginia shoulder. Got a little bruise on there. Got a little. Yeah. Purple. Did he learn? Did he learn what those little tokens? Uh, what those little tokens were that you have to re- that you have to turn in at the end to dude. He tell went him how many shells clip. you shot. He went. He went through clip after clip after clip full of those things. And uh, but I'll tell you what. I, I'll humble myself right here to all our listening pleasure listening audience he smoked me dude he was like i was one of four for every bird he killed one of ten of every bird he killed i mean that old virginia boy can shoot unbelievable so you're saying so you're basically saying you know it's like having me go with you or something <laughs> i would have liked to see you two guys have a shootout yeah that that's the challenge that would be the challenge because he was smoking them. Yeah, it did kind of remind me of you being yeah. there. Yeah. Oh, that's like the you, nicest like, thing you've said to me in like two years, probably. 
I know. Well, I try to I try and save them up. I don't want you to get all the nice gestures at once. But yeah, hey, it's a it's a beautiful day overlooking uh, America. We'll be leaving here in a few minutes. Uh, but maybe maybe we'll hang out with you for a minute or two and and give you some more information on the flip side. Hey, an old broke leg beefsteak <laughs> made it in. Uh, old broke leg beefsteak left me hanging. Old TJ in Mexico leaving me hanging this morning in the bunkhouse. Just me and Ty. Thank God for staples, you know, in America. But beefsteak, tell me about uh, another staple. Well, somebody that won't let you down is Sun Automotive. You know, everybody at some point needs to have their vehicle repaired, and it can be hard to find a mechanic you can trust. We use our friends at Sun Automotive Service. Sun Auto Service is a family-owned and operated auto repair and maintenance company since 1978. Uh, Took Mrs. Beefsteak's car in there, and she... Man, her Durango is almost brand new now. They took care of it. And you know what, Cody? He even let me work with him on all the pricing and go through every single digit on the bill. Can you believe that? You know how I am. So um, if you want to go check it out, go to 405 West Slaughter Lane, 1300 Medical Parkway, Cedar Park, and 1403 Rivery Boulevard in Georgetown and Lakeway. At 1206 Ranch Road, 620. Follow them on Facebook for great maintenance tips and specials every week. Just go to sunautoservice.com. And you sound pretty good for being all hyped up on them painkillers. <laughs> Coming up next, uh, fishing. Let's talk a little fishing. You get it. And some more TJ in Mexico. And we will pray that he makes it back to the United States. You get it only one place. It's the Outdoor Zone live at the Bunkhouse 24 7, 365 at theoutdoorzone.com. I'm Andy Morgan, and I fish FLW, and you're listening to the Outdoor Zone. Welcome back. It is the Outdoor Zone. We are live in the bunkhouse. Uh, Nile Maxwell Supercenter. You know, with more Jeeps winning awards like the 2020 Kelly Blue Book Best Resale Value, start making summer memories in a new Jeep today. If you're looking for that perfect Jeep and can't find it, let the professionals at Nile Maxwell Supercenter have one built for you just because it's not in stock. Doesn't mean you have to settle for less. Our team at Nile Maxwell Supercenter will sit down with you and build the exact Jeep that best suits your needs. We're the number one volume sales leader in Central Texas. Nobody has more Jeeps than us with a larger inventory and more options than anyone else in town. At the Nile Maxwell Supercenter now. 620 and 183 in Austin. See all the savings online at NileMaxwellSuperCenter.com. All right, welcome back. It is the Outdoor Zone. I am Cody Ryan. And uh, hobbling in to the bunkhouse <laughs> with me, Beefsteak. And uh, thank you, Beefsteak, for, for joining me this morning. Look at the uh, cane. A- Look at the cane that I used this morning. It's a pool stick. It's a pool stick. It's a starter for a kid, so it's got a white cue ball on the end 
so you don't drag it on the felt. And uh, it's perfect for for me and a cane. It looks like it would be slippery. Mm, well, Pete, right? The cue you ball. Broke your leg. I, I you broke your leg. <laughs> my meniscus. It done got torn. Oh yes, your meniscus. I was. This. Well, I was trying to do. You know, we did KOZ over at um, at Warren Wildlife Gallery in Austin, which is an incredible place. Glad that they brought us in, showed the kids about conservation and uh, amazing taxidermy. Over 2,000 species are there. It's just incredible. But they have a big swimming pool, and part of it was water. We did a baptism at the end, but I tried to do a triple Lindy, and uh, it turned out more. First of all, (laughs) I don't know what a triple Lindy is, but you doing a triple anything beefsteak is probably not a smart idea yeah it went sideways my knee went sideways triple, triple burger might be a good idea <laughs> we did have burgers yesterday too so i did both of those you know and uh one didn't work out so well so my triple lindy turned into a triple summer salt watermelon can opener belly flop you know we could have made a hundred thousand dollars on that if anybody had that filmed, oh I yeah, you. oh yeah. So now I'm paying hey. for it. Hey, so uh, just want to. We're gonna peel off out of here. We gotta jump in this group of trucks headed back into America. But <laughs> uh, as Rick McGee and I are standing here, Rick McGee from Virginia and TJ Graney from Texas, and we're standing here watching the sunrise over America. And uh, we're just we're just blown from away Mexico. by from Mexico. We're from old Mexico. We're just blown away by the contrast between the two countries and the opportunity that happens on the other side of that river that's right in front of us. And so I'd just like to say, you know, I, we, it's the adventures are great. We we had a great dove hunt. We'll probably talk more about it later. And all the different things that we saw, but man, folks, what happens in America, America is the greatest country on the planet. Amen. Um, But we have a responsibility to make sure that we keep it that way. And socialism and all those things that can take away what is there, this incredible country our forefathers built. Man, we just need to be careful with it because we're we drive for about an hour through the through the old country of Mexico and the poverty and the lack of opportunity is just a stark difference from what you see when you cross the river at the border and come into America. So mm-hmm. just God bless America. God bless you guys. Enjoy, enjoy the morning. Breathe in the morning. That American air you got over there—that's good air over there, brother. And uh, nothing to take away from this because I love, I love Mexico. I love the people here. I love the country. There's so much that uh, is just beautiful and rich and good. The people here are just incredible people. Um, but you know, there's just. Something about America that just 
But we have so, yeah. to we have to be good stewards of that, right? I mean, we can't let other people take it away. No. So stay firm, men. God bless America. Jesus, thank you for this time to be over here. Protect us as we make our way home. Watch over the guys in the bunkhouse. And uh, from TJ and Rick in Old Mexico, uh, we're out of here. Uh, Godspeed getting back over, sir. Yes. <laughs> that means don't speed. That means don't take any ammo with you. Yeah. Don't speed. And don't speed. Yeah. No ammo, uh, no knives. That's right. That's you better right. check right. Rick McGee you boys, twice. You boys get home safe. All right. God uh, bless. Thank you. See you soon. Uh, it, uh, it is an adventure when you go to Mexico. Beefsteak, you did it last year. Yep. You went on a dove hunt uh, down there to uh, to Mexico with TJ. I went uh, down there to Mexico on our first rendezvous down there. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I guess he's just cycling through all of his, you know, people that he has to get down there. So, or he just uh, didn't like going with you, and he didn't like going with me. Yeah, and, no, you know, he had to he's find just the right find somebody he enjoys it the trip with, I right? Guess. So, yeah, he's all into that Mexico dove hunt thing now, boy. I tell you what, you mm-hmm. go down there, and you would think that he would practice a little bit, you know. I mean, it's a whole and, other world down there. I will tell you. But, I mean, practice is shooting. You know, he goes down there year after year, and he's always amazed at how many birds everybody kills. And he's like, what's the difference between me and and them, right? Yeah, because so he hadn't shot since last time he was down in Mexico. Yeah, once a year. But he does uh, – He he's just funny to hunt with. He's got his own tactics. I know when we were down there in Mexico, yep. and he, he had this one shot – and he like went down to this road, this crossroad, and he had this one lane that a few birds were flying down every yeah. now and then, and he figured out the shot, and he just stood there and just wait. I mean, there could have been a hundred birds that passed to the left, right, or behind <laughs> him, and he didn't pay any attention to those. If they, they came down as one lane, and he just sat there and just shot every bird that flew down that one lane, and uh, oh, that's so funny. funny because we were they put us up at the ends of. The uh, rows, you know, they have like uh, uh, trees that I guess form right. a windbreak, right? And man, the doves love to just zoom right down in between those. You're on right. the end, and it's just a killing field. So they put us up along there, and next thing you know, TJ's out. He wanders out into the field over the main part yeah. and goes off yeah. to a corner where he can squat down by a uh, post, like barbed wire fence. And uh, snag them as they're coming over <laughs> on the other side. Uh, like, yeah, that looks so hard to compare. We we get a perfect 50, 60, 70 yard view of them coming in. I, I, I didn't I didn't get it, you know? Yeah, he has he has a, he has his own techniques when he's dove hunting. That's for sure. <laughs> it's and it's not that it's not successful. No, I mean, he definitely kills birds. Yeah. So I can't uh, give him too hard of a time, but he does have his own techniques. Very much so. He looks at the dove hunting very differently. And I don't know, it could be defense too. Because, yes, he does a lot of times just wander out in the middle of the field and you're like, well, I can't. (laughs) I don't want to shoot over him. I mean, I could shoot over him, you know. Just BBs. Yeah. 
you know? I think that's the way he looked. He's I mean, like, it's not going to hurt that bad. Right. I mean, uh, mm. you know, one of the old vice presidents lived through, <laughs> you know. Oh, yeah, Dick Cheney, know. right, with shooting his partner down there. Right. And, uh, swinging on him, which yeah, is. Yeah, it doesn't hurt that bad. The highest incident of problems. But did you see they grabbed a bass or two out of that pond down there? Did he send yeah, you a picture of that? Yeah, they were down there fishing too, down there in Mexico. Yeah, I'm sure he'll tell us about that. Of course, it's easy down there. It's a oh, stock pond. Man, beef steak. Did it, you fish it? Yes, I did, and I think I caught that same bass that no, Rick had. No. Yeah, that thing's full of a bass, man. There's a thousand bass in that thing. You, I mean, you could take a, you could teach a a dog to fish in that pond. He catch a bass out of it. Wow. I'm just making it seem like it's nothing, so that you know it. Well, makes yeah. me feel better about exactly. myself. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's all it is. Bass fishing is very complicated, and there's a lot to it. You have to strategically. And you shouldn't even think about cast. doing it ever, right? <laughs> <laughs> so you got to tell me. So you broke your leg before uh, I was talking in the uh -huh. first segment. You broke your leg, twisted. What? What really happened? <laughs> I'm telling day? you, man. It was a torn, I think it's a torn meniscus, and uh, and I aggravated. They wanted, I've been through six weeks of therapy, physical and therapy. And you messed it up again? And uh, my triple Lindy yesterday put, put me over the top. Triple Lindy, you're going to stick with that, huh? And they, uh, it was. I mean, that's what I was doing off the side of the pool and twisting and flipping and shouting and falling. Uh, man, it just... I heard something, you know, that that feeling when something breaks inside that shouldn't be where it is, and then you can't walk. You know, you've had that before, right? Uh, My heart, yes. My <laughs> your heart. heart has been broken like that? Yes. No, I don't know. I, I've only broke a hand. I've never broke a leg. Hey, let's take a break. We'll come back with news of the weird. If it hadn't got weird enough, it'll get even more weird on the flip side you get it only one place it's the outdoor zone we are live in the bunkhouse 24 7 365 catch us at theoutdoorzone.com Sweet man, listen to that. That sounds like a TJ and uh, and Rick song as they come back over from Mexico. Ooh, easy crossing the border. Oh, that's weird. All right, welcome back. It is the outdoor zone live in the bunkhouse. Yeah, it's just an old tin shack on the back of the ranch, but we call it home every Sunday morning. Well, some of us call it home. Sometimes uh, some of us wobble in whenever, like a good old bar, you know, you just wobble in after work. Uh, some of us show up early and get the bar stools all straightened out. 
Thank you, Ty. And uh, mm-hmm. some of us just viva a la Mexico and forget about everything and responsibilities. You go to Mexico. I don't know what that accent is. <laughs> I'll tell you. We're friends. I wouldn't go to Mexico without being in a GMC, though. I'll tell you that right mm-hmm. now. The dependability of a Nile Maxwell GMC. If you're looking for the perfect truck or SUV and you can't find it, let the professionals at Nile Maxwell GMC have one built for you. Just because it's not in stock doesn't mean you have to settle for less. Our team at Nile Maxwell GMC will sit down with you and build the exact vehicle that suits your needs. Here's how simple it is. Walk right in, sit down with one of our professional-grade GMC experts, build the exact truck you want, and then you'll receive our pre-order discount. Bada-boom, bada-bing. It's that easy. Nile Maxwell GMC, exit 256 in Round Rock, or online at nilemaxwellgmc.com. See dealer for details, because we are professional-grade. Now it's time for this week's News of the Weird. Huh? Wild, weird, strange, and crazy things can happen in the outdoors. We seek them out and bring them to you each and every week. It's time for the Outdoor Zone's Outdoor News of the Weird. <laughs> what What was it that you said to start off the whole thing? This, my entire comment for this entire story was sweet mother Jesus. <laughs> these people are raising more people. <laughs> Meaning these people are having kids. This is scary. We got to break the chain. Get to tell I them. Wanna, I'm, I mean, I, I laugh about this. We laugh about this, this story coming up, mm-hmm. but I, in, in another sense, it is very scary that these people are raising another generation of people. Do you not find that scary? No, you're, you're right. You're right. Here's the story. Family spends 48 hours in the wild due to Google Maps. Google Maps. It should be a lesson for everyone, it says. <laughs> Here's the lesson. Uh, Google Maps is an incredible piece of software. We all know that. Mm-hmm. That can be an experience behind the wheel a lot safer and more convenient in some instances. I don't use Google Maps, by the way. But a family of four from Australia learned the hard way that the navigation offered by Google Maps isn't always flawless. Mm. 27-year-old Darian uh, Aspen, (laughs) we'll just say Darian Aspen, was traveling with her (laughs) two- and four-year-old kids and her 50-year-old mother from Queensland. Uh, Shortly after that, however, the family of four could no longer be reached, leading to a massive search launched by the local authorities in order to locate the vehicle. As it turns out, the driver was using Google Maps to get turn-by-turn directions to the destination. The navigation app, however, took the driver off the highway and guided her to a dirt road where the four-wheel drive SUV ended up struggling. The vehicle eventually got stuck in the middle of nowhere where cellular service uh, signal wasn't available. The family decided to go on foot in order to seek help. 
but after walking for hours, they decided to return to the vehicle and wait for someone to find them. Oh my. 48 hours late, which I, I think returning back to the vehicle was smart. I think yeah. leaving in the first place was a uh, burned a lot of calories, but maybe, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, 48 hours later, a helicopter spotted four people who were wave, uh, waving for help with their clothes just to make sure the pilot saw them. As it turns out, they had already run out of food and water by the point the helicopter showed up. As a general recommendation, if a road suggestion by navigation app looks dangerous, the driver should better stick uh, with a with the safer route despite the increased ETA. <laughs> Words of warning. Have you ever had that? I, well, let's just put it this way. There's only one reason I use the app. And that's when I'm ride, driving with my wife or I'm riding with my, actually driving. She's riding with me typically. And we're going to a destination. And she thinks in the past that I've known where I'm going to go. And we end up taking a lot longer to get there. And I have to confirm and make sure. And uh, it's just easier to blame Google Maps if it doesn't get there exactly where you need to go. So it's a safe way to do it when you're riding with somebody, but just for that reason right there, how many times that, I mean, we teach kids this way, you know, they get out their cell phones and they look at the map or navigation or north or south or east or west. What if you don't have a signal? What if your battery Man, I runs rely out? On it, I rely on it, uh, uh, maps, you know, of some sort so often, especially traveling. I mean, I travel all over the country yeah. uh, via truck, you know, driving my bass boat all over this country. And there's times where I have no clue where I am. Like I could not tell you there's times I don't know what state I'm in, you know, when I'm on a long, long haul. You are there's your days. father's, you are your father's son. No, <laughs> I, well, I mean, in, in some instances, of course, but, I don't uh, stop at every thrift store I see just in case there's something I need. Um, but I, you know, I, I burn, I burn through some miles as fast as I can. And there's times where I literally, you know, have been driving for 11 hours or something. And I just don't know exactly what town I'm in or whatever at that given moment. But I know the direction I'm going. I know the difference between north, south, east, west, and uh -huh. which general direction I should be going. There's some of those elements that I think are very important. And I'm not saying that these folks got off of, you know, any certain direction that they were supposed to go down. But also, oh. you know, if you're on a trip and it takes you down a dirt road, it kind of depends on where you are. If you're out here near me, and you get on a gravel road, well, it's, a, I mean, there's county roads out here that are gravel, right? Yeah. So that's a little different. If you get out on a road and it's four wheel drive through a fence <laughs> or a cattle guard or something like that, you know that you probably ought to choose a different route <laughs> if you got to go across cattle guard. But once you're so deep in, what do you do? I mean, you turn you around, turn around and you just you turn around but you're going to yeah. lose all that time and 
that's what people they're like i'm so deep in if this is telling me to go i'm probably almost already there yeah that's the problem and that's what happens and that's what happens you should just turn around let it recalculate itself my wife and my (laughs) and and her sister were coming back from el paso they drove out there um for a funeral and on the way back uh she called me and said we're gonna be late we're gonna be probably a couple hours late like it's you know like a nine or ten hour drive and i said why is that well guess what google maps where i think it's called um bellamar or boom i i'll have to look it up but it, there's a natural spring there and there's a uh, and it's on 10 i think it's called Ballamer, uh state park but it's a big natural spring that they made into a uh, a big swimming pool. It even has fish in it. It's crazy if you ever go out there. It's huge. But it took them through that whole park. It went through all the little roads and all the little campsites and all the little back and whipped all the way around. And then they had to come back to 10 because they were following the map. Oh, my goodness. You know, it's weird, too, when you are... Uh, have one of those those uh, routes that it takes you through those weird areas or whatever, you know, we've all done it. I mean, if you've followed the map for any period of time, you've all gone down a route where you're like, well, that didn't make any sense. But then I look back and I wonder, well, what did it save me from that I looped around or time-wise, you know, could have saved you from an incident and you just didn't know it. It's I have a I have a different theory. Oh yeah. I think Google has uh oh it's all just one big mind game. They're like, okay, who's gonna pay me enough to increase travel to go buy a certain area at a certain time for advertising? It's a kid in a room that's like, haha, playing I, a video game. It's He's not like watch this, I'll make them <laughs> turn right. Oh, it's no kid, these are all AIs. They're just supercomputers going <laughs> Who's oh, going to spend the most money? Thinking, yeah. for themselves, oh. and and making decisions. Basically, they're. Uh, I got you. You know, and and it all has to do with every time. You know, every time you go to the internet and you go look at one of those advertisements or those boxes, when you hit that button, there's an AI in the background deciding who's going to pay the most for that click and where it's going to take you in a matter of microseconds. Nerd alert. <laughs> Black helicopters. Nerd <laughs> alert. I'm just saying nerd, that. Nerd, 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 nerd. I'm just uh, saying that, you know, they're, they're, I think it's all part of the big plan, you know. Oh, my gosh. Of, of taking now we're people, getting to see the real beefsteak. Of taking people's life over slowly. Hey, if you want to cook a frog or a lobster, you turn up the heat real slow, right? They get used to it. Well, that's what we're doing. We want to have people go the direction we want them to go. We want them to go where they should go, how they should go, and when we say so. And they need well, to follow our rules. There's one upside to you talking like this. We'll have a whole nother group of new listeners that have never... <laughs> Listen to the Outdoor Zone before. The Coast to Coast. And they should head over to our friends at Keystone Bank. Experience the value of community banking where local matters. Come join the bank of choice for Austin community members, families, and 
Entrepreneurs. We're Keystone Bank, founded by Jeff Wilkinson and his team, operated right here in Austin, Texas, by locals just like you. That's why we're so invested in the community and its success. When you bank with Keystone, you'll enjoy the local relationship-based service that sets them apart. That's what I love. To learn more, get started with the Keystone account. Visit one of their locations, 11500 Beat Caves Road in West Austin, 500 Pressler in downtown Austin, or 900 Hutchinson Avenue in beautiful Ballinger, Texas. Or go check out their website, keystone.bank keystone.bank for all of the information. All right, coming up, we'll close out this hour, the first hour of the Outdoor Zone with some Game Warden Field Notes. You don't want to miss it. It's the Outdoor Zone live at the Bunkhouse 24-7, 365 at theoutdoorzone.com. Foxworthy, and you're listening to two of my favorite rednecks, TJ and Cody, on the Outdoor Zone. All right, welcome back. Yeah, it's the Outdoor Zone, just an old tin shack. You got to remember that when you're listening to us, <laughs> when sound may be broken it's just an old tin shack but tie wire keeps us tied up tj's in mexico beefsteak sitting in with me here in the bunkhouse and uh something that rides with me all year long is altrua health share as we travel across the country yes i use altrua health share cody ryan here if i didn't introduce myself finding affordable top quality health care options can be tricky for sportsmen entrepreneurs those who are self-employed but altrua health share they're a 501c3 organization that's been sharing in medical needs for over 25 years. Now, True HealthShare is not insurance, however. It offers a powerful alternative to traditional uh, insurance and skyrocketing cost. I have my whole family covered. I think, my personal opinion, this is the way insurance ought to run. So, uh, you can find out how much you can save. Just by going to myshare.org, check out Altrua HealthShare at myshare.org. Altrua HealthShare, where we care for one another. All right, now it's time for this week's Game Warden Field Notes. These are the stories of the brave and courageous men and women of law enforcement, defenders of the outdoors. These are true Game Warden Field Notes. This one kind of reminded me of a beefsteak instant. <laughs> like, say, like uh, beefsteak back in the day when you were kind of a, an outlaw before you, you know, got straightened up. Uh, on Monday, yep. a retired Oklahoma game warden identified, and, and I could see you being an Oklahoman too. <laughs> oh, shots I fired. Why. I don't know why. Man. On Monday, a retired Oklahoma game warden identified illegal electro fishing devices at Hugo Lake. 
Yeah. Game warden Jim Gil, uh, game wardens Jim and, and Andrew uh, Choctaw County said they received information and began an investigation leading to the seizure of multiple illegal electro fishing devices at Hugo Lake. Recently retired Oklahoma game warden and newly appointed Choctaw Nation Oklahoma game warden. Uh, manager Jay Harvey said that they noticed a suspicious boat tied off at a lake while fishing with his son. He added the boat appeared to have a bar telephone shocker in open view. Uh, after wow. recognizing the illegal equipment on the water, he reportedly notified his former co-workers. Warden staked out the area and of the boat after verifying the shocking equipment on board eventually the operator showed up investigation and interviews yielded to the seizure of multiple shocking devices wire lead sets and catfish which had been taking use taken using the equipment the suspect was charged with possession of shocking devices on or near waters of the state taking of game fish by illegal means and possession of wildlife not legally taken. Hmm. Have you ever heard or seen uh, these devices that these guys use? Okay. Well, okay. So our family. <laughs> Not to incriminate <laughs> yourself. Yeah. I know somebody that knows somebody that lived in right. Illinois and in the old barn or, you know, the shed as we called it had all the. Uh, mechanic stuff and toolboxes and every, you know, it's a workshop, right? But just right. like yours, except for bigger, pull all the tractors in there and everything. There happened to be one of those on the bench. And we How always do you know what it was. How because you know my what grandpa, it was? He, my grandpa told me about it. It was oh. from an old phone that was in the old uh, farmhouse where they would literally spin it. I guess back then, you know, when he probably got this 70 years ago or something, uh, that was quite common, you know, the old phones that you would spin and it would create electricity, right? High voltage. Right. And that's what they used to try to ring up the operator or communicate and uh, to be patched in. And I uh, had one of those and he told me about it. And my uncle always talked about going and going fishing with this. And uh, I never did, though. So you can't blame me. You can't say that I have one of those, you know, electric fishing redneck stories like this but there is don't. an electro fishing device in the disco residence you know i can't deny nor can i claim that <laughs> <laughs> some things were handed down through the family that uh you know you just don't talk about but i i uh i will say when i saw this I thought to myself, you know, but there are game wardens out there that are using big shock arms to raise fish up and count the population. I've seen yeah, that not before. Not necessarily game wardens, biologists. Biologists, sure. yeah. And yeah. it's just a shock, you know, and then they surface and five minutes later, a bunch of fish wake up and go about their business just like they yeah. were abducted somehow and... I've We're, done it. I've been a part of it before, and it's a, uh, it's a, it's a great way to, to count fish and get a good count on populations, and and but it's not, 
I don't, I think these are a much, I think this is a higher voltage you're sending out. I think when you shock for, yeah. you know, the, uh, the counts, the, the fish counts and the fish come back alive, and, you know, um, I think it's, I, I think this is a higher, the, the kind they use to kill these fish, right? Got to be a higher voltage. Or I'm something. not so sure they kill them. I think it just stuns them. And the same uh, thing. Yeah, that you would. And then you just huh. pick them up. You just net yeah. them up. Throw them in the freezer, in the <laughs> cooler. <laughs> in the cooler, late at night. Take don't use Google Maps to take you back because you're being tracked on that. You know, and they know how many fish you have in your cooler. That was for you, Cody Ryan, right Man, there. That was for like, you. You're, I'm just letting yourself. I'm just letting you incriminate yourself. This whole thing, so it's all recorded. Will be podcast as well. Uh, no, I. Uh, hey, I was interviewed by a game warden to get my hunter, you know, a hunt master uh, certificate. You know, where you have to go through the whole weekend, and a game warden, man, he was tough on me. He wanted yeah. to know about what I did in the past how I did it, how I rectified the problem. And uh, I was scared to like not tell him something. He was one of those <laughs> intimidating people where you're like, I am not going to lie to this guy. I'm going to tell him the whole story. And then he said, are you uh, a member of any outdoor uh, programs? And uh, do you, you know, like support any outdoor groups? And I said, yeah, I'm NRA and, uh, you know, the right Texas outdoor riders association and you know the austin woods and what you know and i went through a list of them and he goes show me show me your that you're paid up and you've kept your subscription i want to see it her <laughs> how do you do that <laughs> well you show him your card or you bring it up on your phone to show that you have the latest uh you know uh membership that you're up yeah. on your membership dues and this is a this is uh with the game warden uh, after hunter education instructor class the not hunter not hunter ed this is like um hunt master training it's beyond that it's where they teach oh, you hunt. texas parks and wildlife teaches you how to be a hunt master and take kids take, out or adults out yeah to take people out hunting and, and it's a whole weekend thing out. i mean it's 3 days and they make you get up they make you put together plans it's really quite incredible they even make you go find a blind you've never seen before and they just yeah, show it that. on a map i did that training you know that no i didn't training yeah i've done that training i'm a certified hunt master as well well we're and, like kindred spirits now man but they didn't interview me so that's why i thought oh. uh, or the game warden didn't interview me like that and so i'm thinking you know, they probably saw something in the old beefsteak. Oh, uh, so you think I was I was picked out. Targeted. Like, you okay. were targeted. Absolutely. I wondered why they took me in that back room. And they had yeah. that game warden. He sat at a desk just like a judge and started grilling me. And it was uh, about everything I've ever done in the outdoors that could be wrong. I always tried to spin it to be good. But he wasn't buying it. Is that one of those it. situations where you almost try and like come up with something a little bit wrong so that you just at least feel like you? I didn't you know, have like I didn't have to do that at all. 
I would thought you were going to say you come up with a little bit right that you've done in the outdoors. Pushed a lot of nobody limits. believes you. Nobody believes that you're like a hundred percent right or a hundred and ten percent. Nobody believes that as far as following the laws. But if you, you know, you did something like I once kept a fish that was maybe an eighth of an inch short, maybe. Oh Maybe my I didn't God. Measure him right Is that or... what your interview would be like? Because mine's like, well, we did drive with a with a whole bunch of shotguns in the back of a pickup, and we were shooting, you know, uh, gophers long, uh, out See, of the. But that's not what? illegal, right? Well, I'm not sure it's looked on as a uh, something you should be doing. Now, ethical and legal are two different things, and we're taught to be ethical hunters as hunt masters and correct right. but if you're being questioned by a game warden you're not being questioned by for for your ethics you're being questioned for your legality in my mind well that one that's a very that's a very fine i mean that's a that's a big difference in my mind i'd rather go now all the things that i've learned um i'm going to go towards the side of ethical in the outdoors at all times i think it's what we're called well, to course. do what we're called to do There's no legal stance well this is actually legal i can take no it it's either yeah. right or wrong and some of those things get it fine-tuned in depending on who you are how you're raised and what you feel is right or wrong ethically legally or not so uh hey We've got a whole nother hour of this show, Beefsteak. Stick around. Uh, everybody okay. stick around. It can only get better, really, than the first hour. I promise. Now, on the flip side, we've got your uh, Armed Citizens Report, your Beta uh, Report. We're going to talk a little bit of do's and don'ts when you are maybe going to a park with your family. Catch it all right here. It's the Outdoor Zone Live. In the bunkhouse, 24-7-365 theoutdoorzone.com. And I hope that judging fly. Have a river by morning.